That is something we have done that to death. That was the fucking coolest thing. I've never seen that before. <laughs> Shut your goddamn mouth. <laughs> Captain Spot, Stardate 32652.1. Welcome aboard the Starship Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief short leave from the world of cinema scenes to explore the universe of Star Trek. I am your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always is the Trilithium Resin of Ambassadors, Danae Hughes. That Fuck takes yeah. an explanation. Mm. And the Commodorable, Aaron Dyson. <laughs> beep boop. Bop, beep beep bop, beep boop. <laughs> He's so cute. Did he the Commodorable? The Commodorable. As long as I can like push my little nose up against buttons, you know. That's amazing. Yes, that's open doors with your tiny little little computer nose. Yes. Um, now the trilithium resin, um, if you like an explanation, is a toxic byproduct of the warp core that can be used to create weapons of mass destruction. I, I, ha- <laughs> I, I, I have some trilithium resin every once in a while that uh, yeah. that happens. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. It, it's ha- it's a toxic thing. <laughs> yep. What? What, you don't excrete toxic things that can be used for mass destruction? No? I got the titles confused then. Should have been Aaron, clearly. <laughs> yeah, clearly. We're learning so much about your excretions. Thank you. Thank you. Powerful excretions. Far more than we ever thought we would learn. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, this week, um, we're going to be talking about Star Trek. Yes, what? New Worlds. Episode... We're talking about Star Trek? Mom. Yeah, again. Damn it. <laughs> um, and this week's episode is called Memento Mori. Mm. Now, for the Latin speaking among us, it says, remember you must die. Now... That doesn't fill me with hope because it sounds like it's going to be, hey Pike, remember you must die. Yeah, it sounds like, like we might be going into that a little bit. It kind of screams that, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Uh, Memento Mori is a great concept. I think there's an X Files episode called Memento Mori as well. I think um, you're right. And yeah. I think it's it's this idea that not only you're going to die, but we should remember that. Like there's this Memento Mori is this idea that we should live our day to day life knowing mm. that there's an end point. And so like they would do Memento Mori. Uh, back in the day where they would have, you know, taxidermy? They would, like, do taxidermy on loved ones, and they'd put them in their home. Wait, while they're alive? (laughs) Yes, Ian. Yes, Ian, while they're alive. (laughs) No, after they die... They would, oh, okay. you know, stuff them, whatever, and <sighs> and put the, these displays in their home of their loved ones' bodies as a memento mm-hmm. mori, as you know, a reminder that yeah. that death okay. was uh, coming. So life is short. That just reminds me of the time that my cousin was going through the garage and came upon this container, and she opened it up, and inside was just hair. Uh huh. Yeah. And it was like our great aunt's. And great great grandmothers and like great 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 grandmothers' hair that oh, okay. they had just kept through the years of like uh-huh. these you know memories of them and so it was like their hair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was I an don't interesting know how to day. Feel about that. Yeah, that's an interesting day. It's just something we don't do now, but I feel like it was a really common thing to try to keep something from someone and you know to mm. remember yeah. them by something sentimental. And now we're just like I have seven thousand photos. And 70,000 memes on my phone. So, you know. (laughs) We kind of don't need to do that so much anymore, do we? Imagine, I mean, when we get proper holograms that we can interact with, that's game over. Like, I don't need friends. Like, I I, I really (laughs) don't need, I just, I will program these things to do what I need them to do for me. (laughs) Yeah, you won't need friends. As in, like, not talk back. (laughs) 
So so let that be known now, everyone listening. If you want to be Ian's friend, you don't have much time. You have a short window where you, right. you can be right. my friend. And don't yeah. ever talk back because that is a surefire yeah. way to get on Ian's non-friend list. Yeah. And really just don't ask questions during meetings either. No. Um, no, none of that. Wait, when did that happen? <laughs> oh, no, that happened yesterday. Did I referencing something that happened yesterday where... So, I mean, our questions at the end, like, that's fine. Because guess what? I'm probably going to have the answer during the presentation, which I did. Um, so, <laughs> before I get a full-blown mutiny... Um, no, but I, I, I'm still excited for this episode. I still... I have high hopes. I'm not going to, like, prejudge it and assume it's going to go heavy into the Pike stuff, but... Oh, oh it, it has sure to! Will, right? How would it, it not? Has to. It has I, to. The whole has concept to. of Memento Mori is exactly what Pike is dealing with. Yes, that's it exactly is, what he's his dealing backstory, with. It is that. Yeah, it's I all know. in how they deliver it. That's, Always. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. If they're going to do good storytelling, then I'm okay with it. I think that we're just coming off of Picard, which just was like hitting some things over the mm-hmm. head so hard that didn't have a yeah. payoff mm-hmm. at the end. Like listening to how Picard was try- or watching how Picard was trying to figure out like the mystery of his mind in season mm-hmm. two where it just kept going into it. And then when they finally had one full episode, oh, but there's more to come later. And it was done so strangely. So it just, it, it depends on how they're doing the storytelling. Cause it, I don't know that I mind it too much. It's an interesting concept, like to know when you're going to die mm-hmm. and to be doing no, the things sure. that they're doing. But mm-hmm. if they hit it over the head too many times in this whole season. Yeah. If they paralyze him, it's not going to be so fun. Uh, sorry. I meant paralyze him with fear, not actually, he literally ends up paralyzed, so that's not what I meant, but paralyzed with fear. So insensitive, be... Ian. I mean, just the level of insensitivity. Hey, you started the episode with beep, boop, beep, which is literally <laughs> the only way he can talk. That's right. Oh, okay, well, with that... Um, I'm sorry, we'll I'm sorry guys. for my digital appropriation. I, I yes. promise I will do better. <laughs> Oh my god, what is wrong with us? Um, with that, we will see you guys for a full debrief in 10 forward after we've watched episode 4 of Strange New Worlds. Remember, you're all dead. Welcome to 10 forward, the part of the show where we grab something from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched. Together, most important question first, Ambassador, what would you like from the replicator? I'd like a candlemint cake, please. <laughs> you like some candlemint cake, nice. <laughs> and some sweet nice. tea, please. Nice. Some sweet tea. I'm going to take some plasma. Um, Aaron. For, no, introduction. Let's do the damn synopsis. I wait, really, wait, wait, wait. really you, you don't... should oh, not Aaron be doing the podcast. I don't get anything. I've still, got my eternal uh, water ration. until it runs Man, out. Uh-huh. Eternal water. Are you uh-huh. don't want anything, Captain Ian? He said oh, some plasma. Yeah, no, I said I want some plasma. Want some plasma. Yeah. Oh, I misunderstood. <laughs> I want to replicate okay, some okay. plasma. <laughs> Gross. This week on episode four of Strange New Worlds, uh, while bringing supplies to a colony, the Enterprise and crew find the colonists have been attacked and taken away. A few survivors approach the Enterprise on a damaged ship, which begins a dangerous game of cat and mouse inside a brown dwarf being eaten by a black hole with the Gorn. Ba-ba! Aaron, yes. overall thoughts first. Well, boy, were we wrong. The Pike stuff not even yes, mentioned. Not mentioned. So <laughs> wrong. <laughs> they trolled us so hard. Super hard. You can't name the episode that and then ignore it entirely. Yeah. Uh, apparently you can. Well, I mean, they didn't ignore the episode. I mean, clearly it was about this day, which is it? What's it called? The day where you remembrance, remembrance or day, remembrance day. 
Yeah. And uh, that's a type of memento mori. So yeah, sure. But Fine. yeah, interesting yeah. stuff. Um, no, I, I really enjoyed it. It's another great standalone episode. It's um, we mm-hmm. got to see the the really cool black hole planet from the intro. Um, yes. Is so, that what sorry. it was? Mm-hmm. I missed really it. Loud. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't see the shot that I was looking for. Yeah, you see it towards the end. Um, you don't okay. see you don't see yeah. it. I don't know that you ever see the full black hole, but you definitely see at least like half of it, and it's clear that it's the same one from the intro. So, I wrote down: Is this going to be from the intro? And then mm-hmm. I didn't see a shot that made me feel like I was confidently going to bring yeah. that to the table. Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't the end. It wasn't exactly the same shot, but it is. It's definitely same. the same phenomenon. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, definitely. It's- but hey, take it away, Danae. You've predicted <laughs> like, right. That is exactly what's happening. We are visiting each thing. In the opening credits, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, a, I was so certain we won. It's a, it's a fun little game of like where's Waldo, you know, like uh, <laughs> yeah, it is sort of really Star is. Trek version of that is. That's so. Fun. Um, but yeah, no, I had a really good time. I I uh, you know I still find myself getting bored occasionally, but that's just my my brain uh, gets like so some of the sentimental stuff feels a little cheesy to me, and so my brain checks out. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, <laughs> but I'm having a good time. We may have been watching too much Discovery. Yeah, um, maybe. <laughs> Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, this is a great mix of adventure, blow up the ship. Um, escape by escaping into the gravitational well of something is a classic Star Trek trope. I love it so, so much. Um, yeah, great cat and mouse submarine Wrath of Khan type of episode where you just have two chi- two ships and a battle of wits. Um, loved it. A little bit of backstory. Feel the same way about the sentimental stuff. It's like, does everybody have to have a tragic backstory? Yeah. So, and I kind of drift off whenever we start doing mind melds because that, that is it. something we have done that to was death. The fucking coolest thing I've never seen that before. <laughs> Shut your goddamn mouth. You should really watch more Star Trek. This I've is a never, show you may not have heard of it. I've never from... seen the mind meld before. I've only heard about it. Oh my! Watch Voyager. You no. will be. You will be okay, <laughs> I don't watch Voyager. <laughs> I not. But overall, beautiful episode uh, visually. Um, everything I could have wanted, and I'm glad they didn't reveal the Gorn yet. Danae, your overall thoughts? Yeah, this was a more serious episode. Oh, yeah. It was dark and scary and deadly. and Yeah, it was definitely different than I was thinking it was going to be. But at the same time, I really enjoyed all of the pieces of it. Because it's like uh, mm-hmm. when, when shit goes sideways on a spaceship in the middle of space. Oh, my gosh. You know. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... It it pushed the ship beyond its limits. We saw the captain mm-hmm. have to sacrifice part of the crew on this one, which is not something that I am used to seeing in my mm-hmm. what I will now refer to as the soap opera that is TNG. <laughs> <laughs> it really is comparatively. Uh huh. Comparatively, it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, I was glad to see the Gorn. Uh, in this one and I like how they did the previously on for this one they sort of reminded us about the crew in general but it didn't give too much away about what the episode was going to be dealing with which mm-hmm. oftentimes the previously on will give you way too much of what what's going to be happening and I think I didn't really get a good grip on it going in I thought oh we're not starting with Pike which was confusing because we all thought it was going to be about his mm. you know problems with his fate or whatever uh, but yeah. it really just kind of gave us a crew overview which makes sense now watching this episode, knowing that the crew in general all had stuff going on that was really serious. And mm. we just got to see more of them in action in a mm. quote unquote normal 
situation, which is not normal at all. This is like a bad, I bad mean, day. If you're on the Enterprise, it seems pretty normal. If like, this they don't shit go fix their ship soon, I'm going to be upset. Like if the next episode doesn't start off with like, well, we've been repairing for six months. <laughs> I made that exact note. If the next episode doesn't even start with a time jump, or a, we're just leaving Starbase 42 after rebuilding the damn ship, because just, like, we wow. have nothing left. Yeah, It's peeling. Everything is peeling off. Mm-hmm. That was always the biggest problem with Voyager, is they're 80,000 80, light years away from home. They have 10 photon torpedoes, limited supplies, get fucking wrecked, and the next episode is like, off nothing. we go! No we're big problem. Fine. Nothing to see here. This was a wrecked people, wrecked ship, Mm. um, and yet the crew kind of coming together in this, Mm. the way that tragedy will bring people together. So I liked it. Mm. I had a really fun time with this one, even though it was more serious. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about some of the stuff we really, really loved. Um, I love the classic trekness of having the multiple locations. So you have... Disaster hits the Enterprise. You've got shit going on in Med Bay that is eventually inconsequential, but it gives those characters something to do. Um, you get these these episodes always create some odd pairings. So um, Uhura and uh, Hema being trapped in the cargo bay, bonding and doing their stuff together, and then a lot of time between um, uh, Singh and Pike. So you kind of get that, and even the Singh and Spock pairing was like something we. I know we're only four episodes in, but it doesn't seem like they're going to interact a huge amount. So I I love that. It keeps the pace going. Um, and it's just, it's one of those comfortable things. Like, even if the episode sometimes felt a bit slower, it's just the sort of trek that I'm used to watching and really, really enjoy. I like that we keep seeing the things that I was most interested in on that first episode. We get to mm. see more of the computer panels. We get to see yes. more of their away costume things. We get to see Heck more yeah. of the rooms around this enterprise because we're seeing different mm-hmm. people's rooms. Like when it opened up with uh, Singh, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with her and she was looking at the pin. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we get to see these different things and... um. I I love the sets so much. Like the old school chunky buttons that Spock has to yes. push to do stuff, you know? I love it. I love it so much. Now we just have big touch screens, but then they had, mm-hmm. you know, these bulbous sort of things and it gives us more to look at. Um it's like they built these beautiful sets, so let's see them. Let's see these costumes. Let's like get really close and, and yeah, get to get observe them. Onto the control panels. Yeah. yeah. And some of the sound effects. I just could feel the original series sound effects on the bridge, especially. There's like some beeps and chirps. So I'm like, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> that just tickles my fancy. Yeah, it does. Aaron, what was your, some of your favorite bits? Man, I want shoulder lights. I, right. uh, I, the, I wrote that down as a sin, though. But right. <laughs> They're handy. They're, They're really, really handy. handy. Like, how many times, like, I'm like, oh, fine. I got to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And I just, like, <laughs> if I just had, like, a shoulder light, I could just, like, hit, like, tap on. They're so perfect. Um, then I don't have to grab I'm my gonna, phone. I'm going to and... sin those later, though. Okay? okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I, you already kind of mentioned it that we don't get a visual on the actual Gorn creatures, mm-hmm. and I, I like that as well. Um, mm-hmm. Save the explicit Gornography for later. Uh, that'll be something <laughs> oh, we man. can we can get to uh, uh, eventually. But for now, it's nice to kind of hold that as a you know a little bit of a tease. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There was something really about this this episode that reminded me of submarine movies. Like yeah, if you, I wrote that down too. Yeah, uh-huh. like it's it's a real like seal the bulkhead. Oh, we'll have to lose people, but we'll save the ship. Like that happens on dive, you know, die, 
away. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Bombs uh, away. Dropping, yes, <laughs> dropping <laughs> a depth <laughs> charge, basically, you yes. know. And, um, and then, like, looking through those little peeper mm-hmm. periscope, periscope things. things. Yeah, very clearly. Yeah, it's a hunt for Red October. Yeah, it's very yeah. clearly an homage to submarine movies. Um, and I thought that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's one of the beautiful things about Trek. You can shift through. This is the Titanic and Hunt for Red October in, in one. Yeah. And you can, you can yeah. do that with Star Trek. Yeah. You can jump yeah. cameras so much. Uh, I really, there's a moment I wanted to bring up because I really liked it. And I think it speaks to something, Ian, that you've talked about quite a bit about the cooperative nature of the community of decision making and things that happen. There's this beautiful moment where um, I forget who it was. I think it was uh, Ortega. Ortega, right? Who like says uh, like Ortegas. Oh, Ortegas. The S isn't silent. Um, who says something about, oh, you know, get ready to engage or whatever. And then mm. Pike gives number one, acting number one, yes. a look and kind of like not like and lets her do the calming. <laughs> I'll let you take oh, this. It was just, it yes. was really nice. So it was so good. It was so good, it's right? So good. Yeah. It's so confident yeah. and just great, great leadership. Um, it's so, so good. The moment I thought you were going to make, which was along this uh, mention, which was along the same sort of lines, is when um, Singh realizes it's the Gorn that are attacking, mm-hmm. communicates to the bridge and says, um, run a scan for this. And there's no like arbitrary nope. questioning nope. or what do you mean? Spock's just like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, okay, that is what I think it is. Ray Shields. Pike's like, fuck yeah, Ray Shields. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's yeah. not have an arbitrary argument where the ship gets blown up. Right. Let's just trust your people. And she sounds fucking serious. Save your questions to the end of the presentation. <sighs> We've got this. <laughs> like, you know, like there's, <laughs> there's just. <laughs> Don't interrupt the person. Obviously knows what right, they're talking right, about. Yeah. Yeah. But is it obvious that they know what they're talking about? Sometimes you do have to question your crew. But you know, one of the things that we didn't have to question that was interesting. This is an interesting twist, right? Like uh, the, the shields are like, yeah, fucking get them up. And then mm. it's like, oh, but we can't. Because we have a ship docked. I, yeah. I, and Pike's Pike, oh, Pike's little... Oh, fuck. Oh, no. Yes. What? So good. I didn't think that was something that was possible. I would think that you'd yeah, be like... I had, I had and you'd questions have like a about that. shield on something else, but maybe it doesn't work that right. way. Right. So... I this was going to be a nitpicking, but we'll, we'll just do well, it. That's now. where I yes. had it was in nitpicking because so, I just I wasn't sure how that worked. I you can, in TNG and everything you can just extend your shields, so you you literally have a shield bubble, mm-hmm. and you just make it. It makes it weaker, but you increase the size of it to encapsulate the ship that's nearby. Also, that helps with with uh, how simple it is for the CGI since mm. it's hard. Oh, yeah. You just a bubble, make it a sphere certain. is much easier. Uh, very easy. uh, exactly. <laughs> what I'm going to defend is that the Enterprise shields, this version, they're less advanced and they literally follow the skin of the ship. Yeah, and we've seen that already. Exactly. When it gets hit with torpedoes, it's literally along the contour of the ship. So mm-hmm. I think shield technology is less advanced at this stage and therefore they can't extend it. Moving on. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. That was rough. That was rough. But I mean, it, it kicks oh, off I the episode it. and it, it was an interesting insight into limitations. Yes, we're going to let mm-hmm. the crew do what they're going to do, but oh, something else has happened. And that was unexpected. The, uh, and it's Pike's little realization that this, is a, this isn't just bad. Like this is a trap. Like we have been tricked into rescuing these people. Yeah. Ortega said, preparing to engage the enemy right. without getting permission to say that. Mm. And um, then number one says, steady helm. And she goes, aye. 
<laughs> I was like, oh shit. Okay, so she was corrected. Do as you but told. it yeah. was I loved that moment. Mm, that yeah. was such a good It's moment. so great. The only other thing I wanted to mention was uh the passive uh pacifism isn't passive speech. I really, really like Oh man, I was so. gonna directly ask you about that. <laughs> Is that in line with how you see yeah. pacifism as well? Yeah. And well the <sighs> pacifism for me is about not using violence to solve problems in any way, mm -hmm. shape, or form. Pacifism for me is about if somebody chooses violence against me, it doesn't mean I have to defend with violence against them. I know this is mm -hmm. not everybody believes this. I totally understand that, and I understand some people view that as weakness, but that's different than than being passive. That's different than not caring. It's different than not doing something. Um, mm. It just means that I choose nonviolence in every situation. Um, so Yeah, because it assumes that in order to care, you have to fight. Right, right. And yeah. it's, no, that's, that's not, it right. doesn't mean that you're not invested in the problem. You're just not going to use that. Solution. Correct, correct. Yeah, so I really like that. Yeah, I love it. I mean, just Hammer, man. <laughs> just that, that, that guy, that he's guy. just the best. He is fun. Yeah, it's my grumpy little spirit animal. <laughs> Nine ninety nine for your Hammer Time T shirts. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll get those yeah. in the mail. Mm -hmm. I like that. I do also. Uh, I did also like that we had this like photon photon torpedo drop situation, which you know, of mm. course, is kind of fun to see them doing something in space. I looked at the time and I was like, we're only halfway through. There's no way this photon mm. torpedo like works. So we're going to be in this cloud for a while. Mm. So when they said it did work. I thought, what? That's not. Huh. And then the next round of mystery comes. But that's a, a way that I love this show. It continues, mm. even in this one, to progress some stories in ways where I feel like in previous shows, uh, Star Trek or others, they'll sit in moments longer than you want them to, um, like the arbitrary arguments. Like we're used to seeing those things to fill in that runtime. But now because we have technology and we can shift things around and, and and do sets differently and, and have different moments. Like we're just progressing through. Like to me, there hasn't been an episode yet where I've been bored like you guys have. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about what I'm looking at because it's like, oh, we're in an emotional moment, but there's so much happening. I don't even know at this point how they're going to wrap it up. And that's exciting for yeah. somebody who usually predicts how they're going to wrap things up each episode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They are taking, they're still taking the, three-act storytelling kind of thing, but they're packing so much into every episode. And I'm glad they've done it that way instead of reducing the length of the episodes because the next logical step when you have, like, you've gone from seasons that are 26 episodes down to yeah. 13, 10, and 6, are we eventually just going to have such short attention spans that everything has to be a 20, 25-minute TV show? Mm -hmm. uh, I hope we don't get there, and I'm going to shut up saying that I got bored during the sentimental <laughs> because I'm going to start encouraging what I don't want to happen. That's that's exactly it. And, you know, to go back into the mind meld thing, I know you guys have seen it before, but like I said, I haven't. And that's probably it. And for new people, it's something that I was excited to see. Like, I, in all caps, I'm like, mind meld, mind meld, mind meld, in my notes because I was so excited. I don't usually i don't know what's going to happen i don't know the whole procedure i don't know what happens when she was inside his mind like mm -hmm. getting impressions that he has like he's hearing echoes oh, getting the I feedback that back that yes. that's interesting to me and also just like you know like they're in the memory it's a really unique way to show something that needs to happen for the story or like our progression of her story without having to see the gorn uh, or have the gorn mm -hmm. take her like we can go back into a moment that she's had and it's a really interesting way to shift the story and show more of obviously like the, the big bad of the season, which mm -hmm. we predicted. 
to be the case. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think what was um, episode one or two when we sort of decided, like, the Gorn are going to oh, come back. Oh, straight from episode one. Yeah. 100%. I think that might be the season finale. It's going to be a big showdown with the Gorn. Which will be really, really cool because there was this mm. moment after she did the uh, the code and got that ship to blow up where it zooms in on her face where she's in the shuttle and she's like looking out through the window watching this ship blow up. And, the ref- and we see the ship blowing up in the reflection or whatever. It's this really interesting shot. And it slowly zooms into her face. And she has emotion going on. Mm-hmm. Like controlled emotion. Rage and like excitement that she's just murdered them all. Like there's just so much that I'm reading in this expression that was really intense. And Pike had some really intense expressions on this episode too. And we get to interpret what those mean. Like, you know, with Pike, when he was having his expressions and like his intensity, he was losing people on his, uh, you know, on his ship that was really intense. And then like this cat and mouse game, he was, he was great. Pike was great Mm. this episode. It's so well acted. Like everyone is so nuanced. Like even, I keep coming back to Hemmer, but even the way that he's grumpy is understandable. And especially it rewards me for knowing more about the ENR and, what their background is and where they've come from. But even somebody completely new to Star Trek, yeah. it's still, he's giving you snippets about his culture and mm-hmm. the the race that he knows. And uh, even using the Gorn as the big bad is something comfortable that I recognize and know from Star Trek, but don't know anything about because they only appeared in the one episode. So it's yeah. such a clever bad guy to use that's 50 years old, and yet we still know nothing about so them. So good. Um, yeah, it's such a great choice. I, I have to say one more thing about the mind meld thing, um, too, that I thought was acted really, really well, is when they both pull back out and both Singh and Spock were just, like, they both were mm. teary-eyed and just emotional. I don't think it was just the sweat from being in the brown dwarf too long, but <laughs> it was clear they had both been through the ringer emotionally, and I just, I could feel their pain in a way. It was mm-hmm. really well done. I, I fucking love this show. It's so good. Because they're talking about Spock's sister, and that's a real, especially for Vulcans. Like, there's the myth that Vulcans don't have emotions. They do, they just deliberately suppress them. So, when he goes into a mind meld, that is the most exposed that he ever is, and that his emotions ever get to the surface. So, if he's going to feel shit, it's going to be then in that moment. Um, You will genuinely love Voyager for the amount of mind meld episodes that that, that are in there. Tuvok is my favorite Vulcan of all time. Okay, but it's spock you know you it's mean? like it's special spock oh, mind yeah, melds no, are special oh they're super special wait <laughs> my goodness we need to watch the wrath of khan with danae yeah. watch her fucking yeah. ball her eyes yeah. no you will i'm not a, you I'm will not, no. no thank you yeah. if there's emotion yeah. expected i will avoid it with all costs <laughs> like i just they're not interested in that no I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna say something that will make people cry the listening that know remember remember and just everyone's just bursting into tears right now. <laughs> you green-blooded bastard. Um, I did have one other thing. Right, this is really, really strange. You've hit all of the points I wanted to talk about. I just got a great deep sense of satisfaction when the away team was on the, was on the planet. An unknown ship that is unmarked approaches the Enterprise. And Pike's just like, oh yeah, could you just beam everyone back up? Then we'll deal with this. Fuck yes, finally! Like, somebody is thinking. Like, get the so people fast. that are vulnerable back on the ship. It was so fast. And it was I loved so that fast. too. It was so great. Yeah. Like, there's, 
is just, okay, that's done now. We're moving on to the next thing that needs to be addressed yeah. this episode. It's like, that is how it would actually be. Yes, it's part of the routine of you're out of communications as a strange ship. Yeah, let's get them back up because yeah. I may have to raise the shields. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's really strange how bucking, like some cliches you need, but bucking some cliches that yeah. get you into like contrived danger is just so, so satisfying. Just a simple mm-hmm. thing of beaming the damn people. I want to I want to imagine that the writing room for this has some like really dedicated old school Star Trek writers who are like, okay, mm-hmm. and then the away team gets caught on the planet because that's what they do, right? Yeah. And, and then the new, the new are writers like, are no. like, no. <laughs> that's no, why you're here. Better than you're that. here to tell us what not to do because we don't want to fall. Like yes. they've hired the writers to tell them what they would do so that they don't do yes. that. <laughs> like, we want we want the Star Trek, but we're going to make it new. That's mm-hmm. such a, I guarantee that's what happens. That's probably why they want people to start submitting scripts oh, and story sure. ideas oh. <laughs> so that they know what not don't to do. Do, do something different. Avoid that shit. There was also this oh, really beautiful so storytelling moment. I think I referenced it real quickly, but just to kind of, I really loved how at the end of the episode, Singh puts on the pin. There was something mm. really subtle about that. Again, I love these this idea of these strong female leads who don't have to just fall apart with emotion. She didn't want to put the the pin on. It's just too much to deal with. I don't with. want to talk about she it. She doesn't want to talk about it. Past. But then yeah. by the end, she was honoring them for mm-hmm. her own reasons. And I just it was like this real subtle thing that I really enjoyed about this episode. Uh, again, yeah. just this they do really good on the nose Star Trek stuff, and then they do a lot of good subtle things as well, both for mm-hmm. new fans and old fans. So this is just hitting on all all cylinders. They just seem very, very clear about what the theme and story they want to tell for that episode is and then overlay it with an adventure. And it's just the way they bookend that has been really, really great so far. And we are four episodes in and we, we haven't been battered with a ton of last time on Star Trek bringing you up to date. Mm. Like there is just, we've had four standalone adventures with some undercurrents that have gone through and I love it. Um, to wrap up, who was, Aaron, your MVP of the week? Who was your most valuable crew member? Interesting. Um, probably Hemmer. I, and it's weird because it's not really the central uh, plot, but I just, you know, there's something about that character I find really interesting and appealing. Danae? Mm-hmm. I think for me it's... Um, hmm. La'an? Nudian Singh? No, I think it's Spock. Nice. Yeah, I like that. I... I don't know Spock well enough to understand how he is just brilliant at everything. He's like Android level brilliance. He's like, you know, oh, you said Vulcans. to get creative. So I, I, hey, computer, <laughs> run this Ben whatever, whatever. I rewrite the laws of physics. And then we're going to use a compass as a radar, which is super fucking cool to look at, by the yeah. way. Like, I'm fine. Uh-huh. Do whatever you want. It looks amazing. <laughs> but then he also goes with Singh on this mission and he decides to do a mind meld to help her mm-hmm. not knowing which obviously is a taxing thing for him to do mm-hmm. and i feel like he's just such a great problem solver support role like he was just he did a and he also pushed a button that was really important too so mm. he's he's a great all-rounder that's always what that's always what spock how can i not been. say spock this is my first mind meld don't freak out don't freak out captain's pod Uh listeners (laughs) never forget your first Um, time this is a good one this is a good first one right this is a good one yeah it's perfect spot on um it's spot on (laughs) (laughs) sorry i apologize um sorry you were in the lower decks when we were doing the dangerous things yeah but i was pushed through by someone who sacrificed himself for me so i'm still on the i hope 
I hope we revisit um, Kyle for 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 that um, moment. I hope he isn't just like hunky dory in the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> hey should guys. Be <laughs> I just saw my Let's crew go, member die who saved my life. How's the pizza? Um, I was going to say, how's the peeping? No, yeah, well, no. That's what I thought you no, were going to say. Pizza. Yeah, how's the peeping? Yeah, no, we saw the whole thing. Um, bizarrely, mine is Hemmer as well. I know it's not his episode, but he has this great coaching role. He has so much depth. He's dealing with so much. Um, I just He was great in this episode. I absolutely loved him. Beautiful. Okay, with that, let's head to engineering. What's left of it for this instance is futile. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Warning, warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sim brains, remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. Um, I, have a, I have a list, unsurprisingly. Um, uh, Aaron, go first. Oh, okay. Um, do we do we have to go in order, or can I jump around, or are there any rules? You do whatever the heck you want. There are no rules here, we- much like Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> there are rules. <laughs> Just choose to ignore them. There are, there is, uh, there, there is plenty here to sin. I think for me, the main thing is the amount of tension that this show wants to get out of. Will Uhura survive? I like. Oh my, it's like it was what are on we, my list what are we as doing? well. What like? What are we doing here? <laughs> you have new characters. You have Ortegas. You have Singh. Right. You have Hammer. Do it with those people who we know aren't in the original series. <laughs> I know Ahura makes it. I fucking know that. It is the prequel don't, problem. It is the prequel problem. It is. Yeah. They don't sit in it for too long. Like she's well, up and about pretty soon. It, but I. Th- this is another. This would be a separate sin. They sit in it long enough until the until she gets to go. What is it? We're oh, here. Sir. We're, We're still, still here. here. No. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. it's a lot. They definitely sit in it at the end don't for quite a while. It's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. But at the same time, <laughs> for a new is. viewer who might not know these characters, like I, unless I was talking to you guys about it, I would have no idea that she's one of the uh-huh. the main ones i i get it like there is um you, there is it would also be weird if spock uhura are never in trouble <laughs> and they're in danger like if they just get right. sidelined yes. because we know they're gonna survive so i guess sure. it still has sure. to happen but you don't have to make such yeah. a big deal about it i kind of wonder no, did true. she ever have a line in a in a movie or part of the show barely that Sorry, <laughs> just, in, just in general, barely. I didn't know that was going anywhere. Sorry. I was just, I, no, it's okay. I was just wondering if she ever makes reference of her fate. Like, are they giving these characters something now that's said later? So, for example, in this one, they're giving her this idea that, you know, she has a fate to fulfill. Like, she has something to do. And so she's confused about what that means. I don't know if that's going to be a story arc for this show or if maybe it's giving us something... For later, like if she says something about her calves and dancing on a sand dune, well, for example. You, you did notice how she pushed that thing off of him, didn't you? <laughs> With, With her legs. Her legs. Yes. I'm just saying. It's canon. She got some strong legs. Super strong. She's she very, knows. very strong. 
So this is one of the things I'm conflicted about with Uhura, is that we're going to have, fingers crossed, all being well, seven seasons of fantastic Strange New Worlds. She's going to be incredibly detailed, super... Well, I'm sorry, did you just confused. say seven seasons? Yeah, generally a, a successful Star Trek show goes on for seven seasons, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. Like, honestly, seven seasons, six movies. Really? I, will, I will fucking... Yeah. Can I I've read got... you one of my notes real quick? Yes. <clears throat> I just got very sad because the show is going to end sometime. Oh, it's true. I was having such a good time. And I'm like, oh, and this is just like, it's going to be done it, after a few episodes. Be a, beautiful, a beautiful thought for an episode titled Memento Mori, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Remember, your show is dead. <laughs> it's not canceled, but you mean, it will Do you be. mean there's more of Strange New World? Of course. So they've... They are already filming season two, um, so 100%. I think season two and season three are safe. Anything beyond season three is always a coin toss with TV, especially streaming. But this so. is the so beauty happy. of the individual episodes. When you do a show that yes. isn't dependent on all this overarching stuff, you don't get bored and confused by the overarching stuff. You just get to pop into a new fun episode. I would jump back in and rewatch an episode. I would watch 100%. 20 years of this. Like, it's, you know, I yes. love these people, so, yeah. Right? 100%. Sorry to interrupt um, you, Ian. No, it's a valid point. It's brilliant. I'm glad we did because I brought you some happiness. They're, they're, <laughs> they are definitely filming seasons. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get hopefully seven seasons of Uhura. Beautifully developed character. Fantastic. Straight into TOS where she's sidelined and just basically becomes the telephone operator. Like, all she does is redirect calls throughout all of TOS. And in the film, she's used even less. So I love that they are redeeming that and giving her more to do now. But it still doesn't undo, like, her in TOS, which is oh, just man. a short skirt. It just got Ugh. really dark and sad because her whole plot line so far in Strange New Worlds is like, hmm, I'm not sure what my purpose is, if I really want to be here. And then she right? decides to stay and just gets shunted to the side. <laughs> and for all we see on screen, it turns out to be a mistake because she right. isn't very it's fulfilled. <laughs> wow. I don't know, man. It's fucked up, but that's, yeah. It's it's fascinating. It really is. Oh, just remake the original series. It's fine. Um, we're good. Danae, go for it. Um, I I would send that moment that Captain Pike turns to uh, Spock and says, "Hey, Spock, explain this red thing to us." The red ship for the audience at home. He may as well have said, <laughs> "Yeah." It's like it's, he might as well have turned to camera and been like, "And now for a little history." <laughs> lesson yeah. for you everyone sit down i've got a little slideshow for you like he might as well there'll be questions there'll be a pop quiz later on hey spock yeah tell me about that red thing again tell me about red shifting just How for does those that who work? don't know and then he's for... basically like ah yes we're going to do something that makes it appear that we're doing something that we're not and really what they meant to say is like we're going to go into the swirly swirly and look like we blew up but we don't it was a very very long way to get to something that i don't even know that the red thingy whatever happened anyway i don't know we never saw it unless i'm mistaken like they had two things going on and only did one of them so it was i was confused drop off the but... cargo so that that would explode and look like the enterprise exploded right but then the other plan was make it look like the enterprise is here yeah. when actually it's here. the red shift means that it's over in the future over in a different place now that actually does happen and that's called the picard funnily enough it's called the picard maneuver later on because Picard does that to escape somebody as well which is why they did the pike maneuver thing but uh, I don't we never actually saw the red shifting happen that makes Picard a, a real jerk like if he's taking the pike oh, no, maneuver no. and then taking like it's like it's his 
Yeah, look, made it himself. Look, somebody calls it the Picard maneuver, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I never heard of that before." Now, uh, yeah, that was just something I made up, mm-hmm. totally made up. That was all me. Um. <laughs> so funny. To be fair, like in a total sidetrack, but they want to replicate it, and um, Riker Riker describes it, and Picard brushes it aside as like, "Oh, I just did what anybody would have done." And Riker's like, "No, they literally named the thing after you." <laughs> so it's almost like Picard is brushing it away, just like, "Let don't draw any attention to this." Don't I didn't look into do the, it first, the history but... books at all. There's <laughs> no, nothing there. Uh, no, yeah, that's so funny. Um, yeah, but I, I did love that that finale. On on the finale thing, I just it's I mean, black holes eating suns happens, but it happens over a really long fucking time, and it just so happens that when the Enterprise is going into the sun, that's when the ticking clock starts, and it's like the black hole is eating the sun quicker than expected. It's going to take four thousand years instead of five thousand. Like it's still not going to be a matter of minutes before your sun suddenly disappears. You're like let's create an artificial timeline. Uh, uh, countdown timer in some other way. Like the ship can only take another twenty minutes of this. It didn't need to be countdown. that the black hole well, was accelerating. There's always a ticking clock Cute of some sort. Countdown yeah. timer. Someone's job on that ship is to, anytime someone says five minutes, they just immediately program it in and stick it up <laughs> on the monitor. Yep. <laughs> I got you. Yes. I'm gonna put that on the monitor so everyone can see. <laughs> you have so many countdown timers going just, at once. No one like, knows I don't why. Know which, which one's for the warp core? Uh, uh, I hope the longest one. WC, the WC one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's the toilet. Because, oh, <laughs> that's for when that's, the toilet gets unblocked. That's, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Crap. Shit. Yes, exactly. Crap. Oh, Aaron. Uh, let's see. Where should I go next? Um, as much as I love Hemmer, how does he not tell her about the cool rods thing before she burns her hand? Like, <laughs> because he's a there's, dick. There's, like, he, he's literally withholding <laughs> information. That's what Ian would do, okay? <laughs> Ian's the kind of person you that would go ask. into a meeting with a plan and not tell the person he has a plan and let them fumble through it just so that he could point out that he's right. Yeah, his most he's like, to prove instead of being like, doing. hey, we need to get rid of the, the ones that are cooler, so check the temperature. He's like, what do you feel when you put your hand around them? That's what he says to her. Like, what, he's just, what are you doing? Like, Dick. Come on. That's the only way you learn, Aaron. Uh-huh. It's the Fletcher sure. School of Teaching. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's just go ahead and talk about shoulder lights. Do it. Yeah, do it. They're great for you, but not for your friends. <laughs> yeah, you true. Know? true. They're just yeah. right in the eye line of everyone else. They turn to talk to each other, and they're just blinding each other. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they're on a dark planet. <laughs> looking, and there's people hunting them, potentially. Yes. But they can't like, see no, shit. No, that's great. You're like, because you're going to blind them, then. You're going to blind the people hunting you. Just turn around. <laughs> you're like, Unless they're a dog. Pike, why are, your shoulder li- why are your shoulder lights down here on my body? I'm a, I'm a pure buddy. <laughs> I'm up here. I'm up here. <laughs> Immediately gives it away. That's great. Spock sweating is a big problem. Oh. Sp- if Spock is sweating, everyone is dead. Because Vulcans have, like, in multiple, multiple, multiple episodes, they have a much higher threshold for heat tolerance, mainly because, like, Vulcan is a hotter planet. It's largely desert as well, from what I remember. And he was sweating more than anyone else. I know he's half human, blah, 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 blah. But he was raised on Vulcan. If he is perspiring, everyone is in trouble. That's a good point. Good I point. just would have liked him to be clean. Yeah. yeah. You would have liked him to be less sweaty. Less sweaty, which is something I never thought I would say about Ethan. <laughs> here, here, we are. here we are. Surprises for uh-huh, everyone. Uh-huh. 
Uh, I will go next to the very end of the episode as everything is coming around and and um, what's her name? The normal number one. Who's the normal number one? Uh, Una, Una. The one that you can't remember is Una. I, ne- I never can remember Una. Una is waking up and Umbenga is giving his own blood. And also walking mm. around while intravenously <laughs> connected to another human being. He's walking around doing his job. You trip and fall, buddy. That's a lot of problems. <laughs> like, what is going that's, on here? That's painful for lots of people. Oh, lay it's down, so my great. friend. Lay yeah. down. You're right. You're absolutely right. Take the weight off. Yeah, there was a lot of tension about losing blood that turned out to just be a big NBD. Yeah. It's, it's, how yeah, are you it's at sewing? Uh, was the question. How are you yeah, at I'm sewing? Gonna, yeah, I'm going to bounce off of that one and go to my sin, which is this is a lot of Grey's Anatomy in my Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it happens a lot in TNG. It really does. They well, usually don't get down to sewing, though. I don't mind the, the talk about it. It's like we had a very oh, long so close up shot of sewing mm-hmm. a wound sutures uh-huh. yeah. yeah suit yourself and star was, trek suit yourself yeah. star trek suit nice. yourself i just thought the phrase how's your archaeological medicine <laughs> i was like wait what? what i don't think that word thinks what you <laughs> mean yeah, that means. was, was like, strange wasn't it putting dinosaur bones back together do you mean like ancient medicine i thought i misheard That's that fine. did i miss i thought i misheard that <laughs> no, no i thought it's I did so as well. weird to but say archaeological instead medicine. of ancient it really is a weird choice <laughs> such is, a weird choice of words is the idea like we haven't studied sewing for so long that it's archaeological at this point no, it, like, i think the the i mean yes it's ancient but mainly, history well yes but archaeology means literally digging stuff out of the ground like it's yeah, yeah it right. doesn't mean like, 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 hey, you used to dig into the earth a long time ago. You probably came across a pot at one point in time. <laughs> yeah, now you need to go dig into a human? Yeah. <laughs> I was very confused. It was such a strange choice of words. But yeah, I'm glad it wasn't just me that okay. thought of that. Because I definitely paused there for a moment and thought, what, did I hear that correctly? But then I was like, I can't pause. I'm watching the show with my friends. And I had to keep going. Go. Mm-hmm. No, that's why we have this for our, our catharsis. Um, while we're in the med bay, um, th- it was just... It, it just stood out to me that Mbenga was so emphatic about, we've lost power down here. All power. Everything. It's dead. We have no power. And I'm just like, eyeballs transporter. <laughs> like, so, your daughter going to be joining us at some point, or is she dead? Yikes. Which one is it? Because she either, like, materializes, or she's gone from the buffer. Because mm-hmm. there's no way the transporter is still online if life support isn't. Yeah. It's like, mm. Did they say that they lost power? He, like, emphatically said, we've lost, like, so much power down here. Like, everything is offline. They have emergency lighting and that's it. Which is why they're sewing, they're archaeologicing people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that is confusing them because they definitely use power for all kinds of things. It came back later on, but okay. he was so emphatic about it. I was like, yeah, but your transporter. Come on. Okay. Yeah, Come on. Yeah, that's bad. Um, well, and specifically, that, specifically, have... Pike says later that, that they can't use the transporter because the electricity is down like because he was saying to get yeah, them out electricity <laughs> we need to get an electrician in to fix the enterprise you know what Ian? <laughs> just doesn't you know sound what, right does yeah, it yeah i'm t- I'm, t- I'm from the archaeological world all right would you just give me <laughs> give me a little bit of grace uh it appears to work on some form of electricity so so pike literally says we can't transport you out of there when he's talking to uhura and him uh uhura and him yes so we we know the transporter is down yeah but, but that one will no matter how much beating the ship takes we're never going to get a Dr. Mbenga's log, sadly. <laughs> yeah. My daughter isn't in the buffer anymore. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I got one last one in um, in Medical Bay, and it's that one attack wiped out all of your medical supplies. How poorly equipped were you? Mm-hmm. Like, I know we have to create some contrivance here, but that was some drama. But yikes! How this is the flagship, and you're you're done. Like that. I mean, but yeah. time and time again, and it's this is not the first episode of Star Trek or sci-fi fiction ever to do this. But time and time again, when a ship mm. goes under attack the exact parts of the ship get hit that need to get hit to move the plot. It's just yes. like, it's the easiest 100%. way to create plot. Plot magnets. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, go on, Aaron. Uh, I didn't have a lot more that's big. Well, actually, this one did during the mind meld. Um, did mm. I miss something? Or like, when when was he able to put together this, you know, great big book of everything Gorn? You know, ling- I wrote that down like, too. What, 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 like, how long has he had to, to study yes. all this and like to make like these cool graphics that he wrote in there? And like, <laughs> it looks so nice. So just like you're on the run. They've been kidnapped slash on the run for a while. So I think we can probably assume it's years. Um, but yeah, and just at still... some point he had the ability to decode their language and, and put it in a it. book. Okay. And then give it all to right. her as a gift before. At the exact right time. She ran time. off on her own. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. even though, not even as a gift. She just had like a mental image of it because she's forgotten all of that. Right, so like, he didn't even give it to her. She doesn't even have the yeah. book. He didn't, she just saw like a snapshot. Like, Maybe Take this with you because it's about Perhaps, light. Perhaps, but she, she doesn't have it now. No. I, my, my other problem. Nope, she has is, trauma um, now, Ian. <laughs> she does. Okay. She does have, I'm, my bad? <laughs> Sorry? The poor girl. We'll stop talking about it. Um, and I'm hoping that you guys can fix this for me because it's such a glaring thing. I must be wrong. How? How? So, in the book, it has, like, circles that represent, I assume, flashes on and mm-hmm. off. And then next to an alphabet. Like, ha- ha- don't you have to speak Gorn to know what the lights mean? Right, you still have to or, have a or, reference for what the letters mean. Like, yeah, you, can't trans- yeah. like you can't translate the alphabet and think that it automatically relates to an, an alphanumeric language that you know. Yeah, absolutely. But you yeah. can like, do that visually for the dumb people at home who... <laughs> I just like I get maybe if like a certain amount of flashes mean food or a certain amount of flashes right. mean bedtime, you can probably right. get if that. It was more but like, it still wouldn't like ASL to an or something like that, where it's very symbolic. Exactly, and, yeah. symbolic. Yeah. yeah, it's not going to be like a. They would have to use the same alphabet as us. And oh, right, sorry, the Gorn have to speak English for this translation to work. You're right, and I'm I'm just pretty sure that it's not going to be. Hey, we've got some humans on board this ship that are going to take over. You should blow us up as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. In the, like flashing lights, like I don't know how she did that. Yeah, I don't know. That yeah. was brushed over. Where before. there are times when the show should move the plot along, there are also times that maybe should stop a little bit and be like, "Let's make this make more. a little bit more sense." Like you're asking for a lot from the sun and the black hole and whatnot, and now the flashing, um, well, the flashing lights was. A bit I mean, much. being. Uh, being specific in this case is your enemy, right? Like you didn't have to put the alphabet in. We we could have very easily just looked at a yeah. bunch of circles and lines totally. and gone, oh, okay, we, could, we could. That's the code for the language, and not connected mm. them to the letter A, like it's Sesame uh-huh. Street, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. So and you know. and if you need to see the so letters strange. Sesame Street style, you're too young to be watching this episode. <laughs> Disagree. Disagree. <laughs> I was raised on Star now, Trek. It is white. Wait, out of a <laughs> maybe I shouldn't encourage out of a this. trash can comes Oscar the Gorn, you know, and he's he's <laughs> teaching you. 
Mount all the letters. He's just eating, <laughs> e- eating children uh-huh. that have been misbehaving. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, Danae. Uh, since we're talking about Gorn, I'm going to jump on to the Gorn just seeing an explosion being like, well, the prey is dead. So then they just leave, but they're still not like actively <laughs> scanning because Enterprise pops out pretty quick and it doesn't seem like it's that Immediately. far. And I would just wonder, like, do they not have long range scanners or something? Do they not have something that would be actively looking around for prey? It just seemed to me like that was a really too simple sort of end to the hunt man this is but tonight we were at the end of the episode exactly yeah. and this is this is a long-standing <laughs> tv thing and movie thing that annoys me to no end when people are hiding and as soon as the person is gone they pop out the reason is obvious uh-huh. because we're not going to sit there and watch them hide for another 20 minutes right like, <laughs> like you know that's that's uh-huh. boring well, but they but... do a good job of moving the plot forward right. so they could just be like Okay, Erica, you gotta stay inside and surf this wave for X amount of time. And she's like, got it, Captain. And they zoom in on her fingers, right. slowly sliding. And we're like, ooh, the tension. Like, yeah. they just add something. it to one of those multiple timers uh, that you know that we've yes. got. So. Yeah, we're just cut to the timer, cut back, cut to the timer. Right. And this is what in the writing room would be rejected instantly. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, you're not wrong. But I felt like that was just like a okay. So the Gorner just gonna not yep. notice. Mm-hmm some delicious prey right there. They know that we're at the 51 minute mark and yeah. they need to mm-hmm. chop, they chop, sure get this did, stuff I wrapped guess. up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this stood out to you, but um, to you guys, but having the briefing quite early on and Ortegas is just like, Gorn don't even exist. Like they're just, they're rumor and legend and we've never seen them sat next to the person raised by Gorn. Like <laughs> that may be the, like the thing that you believe, but don't say it next to the person that's stuck that in their trauma. I don't think that that though, right? Like, I think this is when she says her trauma out loud I for the first time. I don't know. Cause Una definitely knows. Well, they're friends. Pike definitely knows. But he's the captain. You might be right. Maybe Ortegas doesn't know that. That her was my impression. Perhaps. Yeah. That my impression was that they just better. don't, you don't say that. Just like, you know, number one isn't like, I'm a alien that I'm not supposed to be. <laughs> okay, but that's slightly bigger. <laughs> like, that's going to get her chucked, chucked out of Starfleet. That's, that's. But I think you're right. It's probably, it may, it, and since she doesn't talk about the past, it's likely something that doesn't come up. Um, Aaron, Danae, any last ones to wrap up with? This is my favourite segment, by the way. I love it so, so <laughs> much. Th- we love Star Trek, but it's it's so fun to pull it apart. I do have a couple more things I can mention. I'll just I'll mention this one first because perhaps you can help me, Ian, if this is specifically something about the Gorn that I don't know because I don't know anything about the Gorn. They mentioned like it was like the rain was on fire. And of course, my sin brain is going, well, there's a lot of things that make it look like it's raining fire like fire itself looks uh-huh. like it's raining fire if you you know drop fire from yes. something like you know i it looks like it's raining fire when i make a campfire like i don't you know yes. so so i just wonder if that's something specific about the gorn or if that was just poetic language that maybe was just underthought i mean i was really hoping somebody was going to say well you heard hooves and assume zebra uh, zebra instead of horse because it's that kind of analogy like you're fitting she's fitting the descriptions to match her trauma mm-hmm. but on this occasion it, it just happens to be right <laughs> like, yeah it just happens to yeah. be right but yeah. it's so the gorn the only other time we've seen the gorn 
um, do this is it's really really similar. Kirk and the crew turn up at the planet that's been that they've lost contact with, and they're absolutely decimated. And the Gorn just start opening fire, and they have like a fight and whatnot. And they do set fire to the entire place and do this orbital bombardment thing. It hasn't been described quite so poetically, so that was definitely more of a trigger for um, Sing mm. than it was okay. anything that's like it's like it's not like the Borg. It's like their ship was a cube. Oh, that's the Borg. <laughs> like it's not as distinct as that and then the only other thing i had was uh my nomination for this week's uh statement (laughs) that sounds really pithy that means absolutely nothing (laughs) uh and my nomination goes to the best miracles are born from truth what does that even mean what does that mean the best miracles are born from truth (laughs) come on folks just like okay (laughs) i uh... I wrote down a few things that I don't know where they came from either. I've got like four things. I I have no idea. Um, But along the lines of things. See if we can piece it together. The thing. Well, I'm going to start with this one because I think Mm -hmm. like it kind of goes along with what you're saying on both counts of your sins, Aaron. Okay. Which is things that are said that are interesting, but kind of don't make sense. It came up again during the mind meld. The echo of not believing you're going to die is what gets you killed. Because I think this is what. Singh said no, yeah, that's an overconfidence that's going... a statement of overconfidence yeah yeah, yeah. I, yeah I think uh-huh. this is one of the things that was said maybe in episode one that Pike heard and was like oh that's interesting because he knows when he's going to mm. die but the interesting thing about it being said in this one is that in the end we have Uhura, Uhura mm-hmm. who's, yep, who, who knows she's about to die but doesn't have a purpose so thinks she's gonna it's just like this weird oh, yeah, thing. Oh, like, that was crazy. It's like, oh, I haven't decided my path, yeah. so I'm okay. So not believing you're going to die is what gets you killed is almost, it's just this weird sort of like, yeah, just say whatever you want to mm. say, and it means whatever you want it to mean. That's mm-hmm. what this. Yeah. You're, if you get hit by a Romulan, you're going to die. Like, it doesn't matter how well you believe that your path isn't decided yet. Yeah, yeah I don't like that, that fluffy Here, the fate, isn't it? The fate stuff. Here's some, here's some things that I don't know what they're about. <clears throat> I'm going to inspire you. Oh, 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 no. I know what this one is. I know what this one is. I, I'll come back to that one. I've modulated <laughs> to your instruction. And then my my comment is, but I won't say much more about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what yep. that means, but that happens. Modulate this episode. means ad- adjusted? Yeah. Adjust? Something, I can't remember something when I don't, I don't remember that either. Their instruction. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember. There was some. It was one that was a light thing. It was like the light thing. I've modulated this to your instruction. Oh, and it's yeah, like, yeah, but we're we not going to say much more about all this stuff or why this it even makes we sense. We're just going to jump right mm-hmm. into it. We can't. This is another thing that I wrote down. Uh, this isn't a quote, though. This is just a Danae note. Mm-hmm. I mean, way to make it look like it's super fucking difficult situations happening here. Dot, dot, dot. Why is the swirly thing the swirly? <clears throat> dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, that's a twirly ship thingy. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. This is yep. this is where maybe making notes while we're watching and not being able to stop. <laughs> no, you're clearly talking about the Gorn ships and how they like yeah. twirl all the time. Like, yeah, yeah, they're was, very spinny. That was a very interesting ship. I think way. they're gorgeous. The design, I, I love how like non-conventional it the is. The design mm-hmm. of the big ship was just all over the place, though. That thing it was, was like so a, twirly whirly. Yeah, it was like an elephant ear <laughs> or something. Like somebody had you know put batter <laughs> into I, oil. I love that because the Klingons, Romulans, everyone are basically all tuna cells, middle mm-hmm. bit. <laughs> everyone has managed to go for the same ship design the Borg. other than the Borg. Yeah. Except the Borg, which have just yeah. gone, hmm, squares. This looks like an etcher drawing <laughs> Geometric or shapes. Yeah. 
yeah, I I loved it. Uh, it doesn't look anything like the Gorn ships we've seen before. Um, but it's yeah, it's gorgeous. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. We had a commander come take a look at this cliche in this one, which mm-hmm. was nice. We did. We also yeah, had a cliche. perfect opportunity to overdub the Independence Day speech. Um, and this oh. one as well, because that was quite an Independence mm-hmm. Day speech that Pike gave. Man, speaking mm-hmm. of that speech, I think I would sin. Like, I'm gonna inspire you. And then I'm going to tell you all hands ready for impact. Like, you should probably mm-hmm. start with that because it, it's going to happen <laughs> yes. any moment. Just say, hey, Before quick I get message. Started. Secure yourself. And, and then I want to inspire you a little bit. But yeah. instead, it's Stop. like, what is the captain talking about? And he's like, ready for impact like we'll fucking start with that guy <laughs> jesus christ what happens early well, just stop stop walking around the bridge when you're in under attack as well like pike sit down sit the fuck sit down. down buckle up oh but then stop walking around that's right i i am one who believes in the buckle mm-hmm. uh-huh. i think the the last one that i have is that his broken arm went into that suit pretty easy all things considered oh for him oh man that made me cringe because i was like that thing is just like like he crunched went, up in there. He was all crunched up and funky, and then it's like, but we got to put you in a suit. And then he's like, and yeah. now we're in the suit. It's like your Yay. arm is jacked. Don't tell me that you got your broken arm into that suit. Uh-huh. Super easy. It's not like you just no. lubed up and slid in there. <laughs> no, they come pre-lubed. Uh, you know, oh, suits. that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I just, I kind of almost wanted him to lose the hand, like just as one more sense that he's he's got to deal with. I was like, let's not beat the man up too much. Yeah. He's already got stuff going on. Right, um, if you've all made your piece, we will move on to the final section, which is the Captain's Ready Room. Welcome to the Captain's Ready Room, where we hear our predictions for the rest of the season and bask in our time crystally glory for anything that's already come true. So, I think we're almost there at saying that the Gorn are the big bads of the season. I think we're clearly going to see them again. Oh, for sure. Um, for for we'll actually, we'll, sure. we'll see I, them for the first time. Yeah, I still love that. I love that they're still the big bad boogie monster. Slightly nervous about what they're going to look like, judging by Danae's reaction from when I first (laughs) showed her a picture of the corn. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Please please let them look like just like exactly the same. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god, please. Crocodile man. Like no update at all. No, no update at all. I man, I almost want that to happen. I I can't see it. So funny, wouldn't it? It would be. Hilarious. Oh my god. It's so great. Um I I man, I kind of want to predict whatever Star Trek bad guys we're gonna see. I think we will steer very clear of the Klingons. I think. But I would love to see the Romulans turn up. Because at this point they're still kind of rumor as well. And there is one big conflict that happens in this time zone, but again, you never see the Romulans. You don't see their faces or whatever because to kirk it's a surprise that they look like vulcans and everyone looks at spock like hey anything you want to let us know about buddy yeah exactly do you know this guy girlfriend Uh uh-huh somebody we should know about um so i would love the romulans to turn up in in some way but i i just want to i'm kind of keen to see how they deal with reintroducing some aliens that we already know without falling into the trap of not doing new things any predictions from you guys no not at all i uh i'm i'm loving that this show uh is is done in a way that predictions are kind of not a f- like it's not the fun part of it like there's so many shows no. on tv where predictions are like that's the fun like it's ooh, what's gonna happen mm-hmm. next with this and this and it's just it's nice to have a and show. It's never as good as you think. Yeah, it's, it's just never as good as you think it's, it's going to be. It's just nice to again have a show where it's not, um, you know, 
where it's not about predictions. It's just about showing up and watching. Yep. Totally agree. Danae, did you guess everything that happened in this episode? I was just watching it to watch it. I mean, That's awesome. I think I was trying to make some assumptions about how the battle was going to go and continue to just be surprised. So I was along for the ride on this one. But nice. I do wonder if there's going to be something to do with um, number one and the doctor's mm-hmm. blood being mixed together. Oh, perhaps because she's an alien. Yeah. And there's Maybe something about something to save his daughter because with her like genetic. And that was my prediction from last episode mm-hmm. was that there was something to do with her saving the daughter somehow. So yeah, I like that. I'm wondering if this is sort of another little way that they're going to weave that into making sense that maybe the mixture of his blood with her blood creates an antigen or some kind. And that's totally and possible. that's how she yeah. sacrifices her life so that the daughter can. Oh, somebody's going to sacrifice if, their life this season, guys. I'm just telling yeah, you, somebody's going to. Someone's going to die. <laughs> uh-huh. um, Danae, man, if that's right, you're going to be spooked. I almost, I don't want it to be right because you're going to be so freaked out that you guessed it. No. no, I think we'll be freaked out. Danae will be fine. Yes. She's used to this. No. <laughs> this is my life. This is what happens. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. It's good luck giving birth from your mouth from me. <laughs> it's snakes, ducks, and possums from me. <laughs> it's points granted for me. Nice. And we'll see you next week. Live long and prosper. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Check, test, check, 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 test, test, check, test, check. Hello, birthday boys. Hey. (laughs) Happy birthday. It's our birthday. It's your birthday. One of the big birthday episodes in Star Trek. Um, huh. Birthdays don't get mentioned a lot. Yeah. It's because no one's actually alive in in any episode of Star Trek. Fan theory. Everyone's dead. Well, I was just thinking. No. I was thinking today, like, of Star Trek and the advancement in medicine and the idea that we really could advance medicine to the place where people are living hundreds of years and, Mm -hmm. you know, beyond or whatever. And the only time people are really dying is, like, really traumatic incidents where, you know... Yeah, Q's fucking around and... Right, or whatever. People die as a result. Accidental beaming problem. (laughs) Accidental transportation problems, yeah. And I was thinking, like, there, it will very quickly become, like, man... Do you remember back when people died? You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I mean, uh-huh. just the idea that we live in, like, it is a certainty. Everybody who is born <laughs> dies. And that yeah. there might be a time in the future where people are like, man, do you remember when people just died all the time? Like when, like, triple digits <laughs> was barely a thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's just the norm. Yeah. It would change. It would change a lot. It would probably make your first, like, 20 years even more traumatic than they already are for most <laughs> of us. <laughs> because you have to learn so much that keeps you going for the following centuries. The only Pixar steelbook I don't have is the original Incredibles. The, that's the only one? It's the only Pixar steelbook I don't have, and it sells for like $500. <gasps> so, <laughs> Ian has eaten his microphone. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm a moron as far as collecting things goes, because like, I want to I use stuff. Like... And I want it to look it look the way I want it to look. So like I throw away like those outer plastic cases that come on them mm-hmm. sometimes that like add yeah. like like they'll do cool things where it's like, oh, when you slip the case on, the guy has sunglasses on or, you know, yeah, that kind of dumb stuff or whatever. Shit like I just that. throw that stuff away because I'm just like, yeah, I just want right. the steel book, man.
I'm just so, I'm such an idiot. I do exactly the same. I get all of my spaceships out of the boxes. It doesn't matter, but I keep the boxes. And my dad was like, are you keeping them so that you could resell them? And I was like, no, when I move house, I don't want to damage them. So I put them back in their <laughs> yeah. boxes so they don't get wrecked. And then eventually I'll bin the boxes. Okay. So like I mentioned, we have like 60 to 65 smart lights in this house, right? Yeah. Uh-huh, I have uh-huh. every single box that those smart lights came in. Why? Because they last forever. And if we're going to move, like, I don't want to just oh, yeah, throw them all reason. into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they like... do. They should last like 10,000 hours. Yeah, man. I remember when I worked at home base, the DIY shop, light bulbs suddenly went from being like a pound each to 14 pounds each. Mm-hmm. And people would always complain. And like, yeah, but. The ones that were a pound last a month and burn <laughs> and destroy the environment. This will last you 10 years. And I, yeah, but 15 pound, man, that's, that's an investment. And I was like, you're fucking kidding me right now. Listen, you can you can buy the Taco Bell for five bucks or right. you can spend $50 and you won't have to eat for another year. Like it's, you, man, you know. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly it. It is funny what we're, what we hesitate about spending money on. Like there'll be... A game that I'm enjoying in the App Store, and it will ask me for like one pound forty nine mm-hmm. to get another level, and I'm like, come I on, I don't know. <laughs> As I'm sipping my five pound coffee from Starbucks, <laughs> which I will happily go out and buy another one of, and will it will just be in the bin? I probably and which waste one pound fifty worth of it. The next level of the game both, or the the coffee? Both. Honestly, depending on the day, the coffee, but yeah, like the, the, the game would give me that joy as well, and it's cheaper. Like, and it wouldn't it's be just... gone the first time you used it, either. Exactly, exactly. Here's my, here's my latest ship. Ooh, it's the Centerprise. It kind of looks it like the Centerprise, like doesn't the Centerprise, it? Yeah. I kind of love it so much. Um, that is the Prometheus. Um, is that why you just flew it in a straight line? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what you couldn't see off screen was something chasing it. <laughs> There's a Swartzowski crystal encrusted Snow White and the Huntsman steelbook that was made Who as a the promo. Fuck did that? Only Honestly. six of them in existence. Good. Uh, <laughs> only two are accounted for. <laughs> One How sold. For, get this. One sold for two hundred and fifty-five dollars. Only two of them uh-huh. exist in the world. But it's Snow White and the Huntsman, so really... (laughs) You know, we did a bony pod earlier. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Spoiler. Doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) About fan fictions. I nearly did the Star Trek one. My favourite fan fiction for Star Trek. And I think I've mentioned this to Danae. Fan fiction or fan theory? Fan theory. Fan theory. Because there's a ton of fan fiction, sorry. Fan theory is that the... All of the captain's logs that you hear were collected up in the far, 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 far future and then sent back in time to the year 1960, where Gene Roddenberry found the logs and then started with like kind of the earliest logs that he could interpret, which was the original series in Captain Kirk, and then made the Star Trek series based on the logs he found that were sent from the future. I love it so much because that means Star Trek happens. <laughs> That's all I want. And then, Listen, and then he's just he's passed the logs on to showrunner after showrunner, and they've all kept the secret. Mm-hmm. And we're just watching interpretations of stories from the future. If there is a reason to watch Captain's Pod live someday, <laughs> it is to see how frequently Ian bounces up and down in his chair. Like he, it happens. He's a child. So he's a giddy much. giddy child. It's oh, amazing. I love it so much. I love it. 
Um, speaking of Star Trek, we're going to go straight into Trek or Triction before we jump into... And I'm tempted to just call it Triction from now on. <laughs> just whatever you want to call it. Hey, it's your show, man. I have decided Aaron cannot play because even if... I try to guess whether he can play or not. That gives away whether I'm making something up or not. So Aaron <sighs> will just my sprinkle life. in Story of my whenever life. he can whenever he can sprinkle. So are we you don't ready want to Aaron that? to play. Go sit on the swings. We also You're don't want big. Aaron to sprinkle, right? Yeah, sprinkle. Sprinkle. Sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle. Sprinkle? What? Did sprinkle. you say you did say sprinkle? Sprinkle, yeah. Sprinkle his thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Is that does that mean something else in American? Well, I just I you know no. No, say tinkle. You didn't know. So this takes place um, during the Deep Space Nine series, um, and Deep Space Nine is That's a big space not a station. Thing. This is fiction. That I'm, doesn't. This that is doesn't fake. Exist. So Deep Space Nine has some ships that are assigned to it, and one of these ships gets sent onto a science mission, um, and this ship sends out a shuttle to investigate an anomaly. Um, because they like to do science, they like to investigate things. Um, and the anomaly shrinks the ship down to about four inches. And it's this tiny, tiny, tiny little ship. And there's four people on there's four like crew members on there. Um, uh, in the meantime, the, the main ship is attacked by aliens. Um, and don't realize that the, the tiny ship is now missing. So the tiny little ship has to fly back to the main ship um, and to get their intention, it flies inside through a vent and then it's like a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids situation where like hilarity ensues and the, the tiny little shuttle has to like press its nose against buttons to work the consoles and to open doors and to like program things um, and it just kind of goes around and pew-pews all of the aliens um, and saves the day and then gets turned back into its regular size. This is fiction. <laughs> this is real. No way! What? How do you use your your show as a button pusher? I shit you not. Like you it's don't need too... to. You have a computer. Why wouldn't you use the computer? It's too small to interact with the door, so it literally bumps its nose up against a button that opens the door. I hate and this then game. at the very I didn't even tell you the most ridiculous thing. At the end of the episode it goes nose to nose with Worf because his wife is inside and then she's just like blowing him kisses through the tiny ship and Worf's just like <laughs> Um, and they climb inside the circuits. They leave the ship, climb inside, and like move around some circuits and stuff. Um, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> My God, I am awful at this game. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh... Captain's Pod, start date five seven four nine six two three point six nine two seven one. How many six nines were in there? That's what I want to know. Like, how, is that just instinctual for you? Like, I didn't even hear. I was just saying. Uh-huh. I was not actively thinking. I, was I just exactly. spurting sixty nines? Yes, you're just throwing mm-hmm. a bunch That's of sixty nines at us. Yeah, I am horny. It's time to go into the room now. They can't know that I was doing this.
Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.